Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to Bondfinger, the only James Bond commentary podcast with an increasingly relaxed attitude to the whole idea of canon. I'm Nathan. I'm James. I'm Brendan. And I'm Kenneth Williams for this one. <laughs> of course you are, darling. Oh, Kenneth. As you so often are. <laughs> um, so we've run out of Bond films to do, and so naturally uh, we are- Doing Casino Royale? We are doing Casino <laughs> No, we're not. Um, so we're actually doing um, Carry On Spying. And uh, I'm going to ask Richard to explain why are we doing Carry On Spying? Because it's, it's our amusing take on nationalism and the only course Brexit can possibly take in the week <laughs> we're recording it, which is to bring back the entire production team and let them do it. it beyond, I, from beyond the and grave. And as you see from the rest of this film, I don't think they make too bad a hash of it. <laughs> so this is a grim portent of uh, Britain's inevitable future. <laughs> it is, and a window into the sorry state of politics, as we'll explain with the, behind the scenes, that Kenny was having a terrible times with his piles for most of the shoot. <laughs> so yeah. this is like 1967? This is 1964, Four, and this okay. is, I think, the 11th or, or the 9th. Nine, Yes, the ninth, thank you, the ninth carry-on. So it it has a brief cameo from Sir Billy Hartnell, (laughs) but you can just see one of his legs under an Um, (laughs) anti-macassar. And some of our gentle listeners have come in and said already this is their favourite carry-on, but we thought we'd continue the spying theme and keep it, you know, as helpful as possible, considering that some of our listeners are going through this terrible time right now. So (laughs) so we'd see it as a guide to living. So... um We've had how many Bond films by this stage? Two? Two, yes. Two. We've had Dr. No and From no, no. Um, with Love. This was released 29th of July. Goldfinger comes out in 64. But right. I do believe it's just before the release of Goldfinger. I think Goldfinger yes, came out right. later that year. So the, yes. the, uh, the poster that I saw was just a rehash of the From Russia With Love poster. It was, but with Matt Smith. <laughs> yes, exactly. In the hat. <laughs> so and much, a rude gun. So much so that uh, the poster was one of the things that, uh, the bro- uh, but that uh, Broccoli insisted was changed, otherwise he would sue. The original poster was so similar. It was basically just the same artwork with Kenneth Williams' face. And, and, <laughs> which could only improve the genre. I mean, surely. Charles Hawtrey's character was going to be called James Bind or something. It is well, no, James. We'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll we're get get, we're getting right. ahead of All ourselves. Right. We are getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so we are watching a lazily acquired copy of Casino. Of What are we, what, what are we watching? <laughs> Casino Royale 1967 Casino again. Williams. Carry on Casino Royale. Of Carry on Casino Royale. Um, and Fingering it, Kenneth Williams. It's, <laughs> it's not that easy to get. So uh, James and uh, Brendan, I think, have done uh, some research about where you might find it. So if you're listening to this and you don't have a copy, then just check the show notes in your... Um, podcatcher of choice. I found uh, it on Google for three ninety nine. Oh well, there you go. But without yeah. subtitles. Well, well, but at home you probably don't need subtitles. No, we just, just need them. Turn us down low. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We're yes. so easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to. We're going to start now. It's going to start straight away for us. Uh, so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the magic keyword. And I'm going to get James to press the play button 
a second or two after I say the magic keyword. So uh, if you're watching a DVD version or something like that, uh, you should start when I next say the word snog. Um, ah. So, you know, I've never seen this film before, so that's just a word that I chose completely at random. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, it, uh, James, are you ready? Yes. Uh, snog. Little guest appearance from Siri. There. Yeah, thanks, Siri. Oh, so here's the Anglo American. And that's Matt Cohen logo. and Stuart Envy's big rotating ball thing. I thought that that might have been Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> having done a little <laughs> bit Drink of work. Of that's her pussy. <laughs> now, now this, uh, Brendan, you were saying this is a lovely portent yes. of uh, one of our favourite Avengers stories. It, uh, yes, indeed. Um, and the, indeed, Casino Royale, because that has a milk, milk float as well, doesn't no, it? That's right. One. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Richard was asking me earlier which Avengers story ha- involves a milk float and an RAF base, and that is, of course, the hour that never was, which was two years after this. Um, it even has a Richard Lester chase at the end, which is totes carry on. <laughs> oh, our, yes. Our roach. So we obviously know that it was carry on that, in fact, started the entire British film industry. And I'd also like And to bum point. shot, gratuitous botty shot yep. just there. All these shots of someone walking through doors. <laughs> yes. This is a year before Get Smart. It is. So does Get Smart steal this? I am well, not exactly sure. Um I don't. I haven't been able to find any evidence this was released in the US, but I've found none that it wasn't. So, um, by Torbert Rothwell and Sid Colon. So, just you, to continue the theme. <laughs> yes. If you know the answer to where this comes from, to where the Get Smart title <laughs> sequence comes from, uh, just at Brandy Bongos on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. Oh, director Alan, of photography, the lovely Alan Hume, who yes. gave us a whole lot of Diana rigging. That's right. Now, this this actor is. Possibly known to Doctor Who fans as uh, the villain from Fury from the Deep, whose name escapes me, but the actor is Victor Madden. It is too. Um, who's the villain in Fury from the Deep? He plays um, Seaweed. It's a bit of se- he? Yes, he's, he's the BBC foam device. <laughs> from 1960, oh, his gosh, his character name has completely eluded me. I looked it up this in, afternoon. In this or in that? In, in, in that, in Fury from the Deep, because he is Milchman in this. <laughs> yes. Milchman, yeah. You, see, was... you get it, you get it, Milchman. <laughs> <laughs> he so affected the youth of the day that the entire cheeky sequence boarding up the, you know, the Penelope Keith house in the living daylights is based entirely on this scene and indeed an homage to Mr. Madden. Remember that? Oh, the exploding yes. milk bottles and the electric. So you see there's a great history in British cinematic tomfoolery of, of yes, of Milkman. And I think there might also be some other slightly tawdry references to Milkman. But this is sort of where early Pertwee gets its iconography from as well, <laughs> isn't it? No, really, like quite that's seriously. Early Pertwee, that's mid-Pertwee. Well, I guess so, but I'm just kind of Green thinking. Death. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It doesn't have Richard Franklin checking out anyone's arse, though. No. So, you know. Which side does uh, dress? Well, away from the window. How did, how did um, Lala Ward describe him? Let's not. No. Let's not, no. <laughs> we've, just, we've just fended off the lawyers for the late Silla Black. <laughs> Todd, Todd very generously paid them off. But the night is young. And here we have the lovely Richard Fnunge. And, but also, remember his name. also, little bit of crossover here. The scientist who was killed was Howard Stark. Was to me. So well, actually like just Stark. Tony yeah. Stark's <laughs> grandfather or? Father. Yes. I'm making it up. 
But yes, it's true. Now, oh, so agents top secret, like the agents are kept in that safe. Is that is, well, that, is that well. a thing that's happening? <laughs> I have to say that I've never seen this before. Oh. <laughs> in fact, I have maybe seen one and a half Carry On films. When are we doing they the Carry On kept in there. We're doing it now, <laughs> James. Well, it's one of Kenny's many coming out of the closet moments, <laughs> and yet, and yet, never really in real life. Mm. This is the first time, kids at home, that you saw Snide. So Snide, of course, is the character that he developed for Hancock's Half Hour and had been going for, gosh, uh, Kenny himself had been in cinema, actually in acting, doing it now, for 16 years post-war, but he'd also done Ensa, of course. So 16 years on the stage, he was considered, oddly enough, by other actors, and Barbara Windsor will say it on the, the first day of the shoot, as one of the most talented character actors of his generation with people like um, Schlesinger thinking he was a genius, Edith Evans touting him. He played the Dauphin, of course. So, and Yes, there's Richard Waters dressing to the left. Um, the director tried to explain to, to him when they were filming this scene, that that sugar glass won't cut you. Put his hand through it and cut his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Ken had a lot of injuries during this. His diaries, which I have in, right in front of us now, are full of vitriolic scorn and self-pity and, and loathing, as you'd expect from a man of such great comedic talent. Now, this person here, the, um, the chap sitting down or the chap standing no, up? No, the chap standing up. That's, that's Richard Waters. And he is in... As Cobbley. He's, he's in, in everything. I mean, he's, he's in Casino in the, Royale. Various the original episodes as well. Hmm? Is he in various goodie, goodies episodes? Oh, yes. It's just about everything, really. Oh, I think I remember him with a big, giant cravat. Marrow. Interviewing oh. all three goodies, <laughs> hiding behind a big moustache. Do you remember that? I'm sure <laughs> that's should. him. I'm not up to that one yet in the, <laughs> in the box set. And we've got Eric Porter here, of course, as the... Um, well, really, the sort of uh, Superintendent Dreyfus antecedent, a good, what, 20 years before the Pink Panther? Uh, 15 to 20 years? Oh, when are we doing the Pink Panther podcast? We're right. about to doing do it in a minute. I did, I did that once. Eric, sorry, public, it's Eric Barker is the chief here, because Eric Porter was, of course, in oh, a lot yes. of other... He was a matinee idol, but Eric Barker was not an Eric, a matinee idol. But one, somebody who, who almost was in his day was Eric Pullman. Who we'll be seeing later on. He's mm. kindly redressed as the uh, as the fat man because we weren't sizest in those days. We just said it as it was. Mm. Eric Waters has played exactly the same character for the last forty years of broadcasting, and will continue to do so for another twenty. Ah, now I got horribly excited and thought it's Brian Blessed, but it ain't. It <laughs> it's just a, another Brian Blessed understudy. It's uh, Gerton Kluber, mm. who also familiar to Doctor Who fans as Ola. In the Macra Terror, which will soon be animated. Well, our, well our, our viewing pleasure, not for I, yours, Richard. No, I'm looking forward <laughs> to a. For our viewing pleasure, but no, the fans know. No, I like <laughs> the in colour and widescreen boycott. <laughs> That's an exciting centre shot of that lovely chair that we, no, we've moved on now, and we're looking at another exciting map. Goodness, it all feels. Well, Man from Uncle we'd already had for a whole year, so you can see they're keeping up. Mm. And, you know, of course, this is, this is a few years after. After um, the goons have gone off the air as a regular program, but that that line of you know, airfield, repeat airfield, forty, repeat forty. That's very, mm. that's very Peter Sellers, Spike Milligan esque delivery. 
which I quite like. And of course, for some reason, I was thinking this is 1954. It's 1964, so the Pink Panthers less than five years away, mm. right? No, no, Pink Panther. We'd already had the um, we just we've just had the David Niven and Cappuccino one. Oh, really? I thought but that I was 69. Didn't <laughs> have, but that it's was so the first one, 63. Oh, looking dashing, isn't he? Mm. I think he's one of the best things about this film. Yes. And what? It's the closest we ever get to Bernard Cribbins doing his. You know, in his totty. It's the closest we'll ever, we're ever going to get. And he's through Gauze and he's dressed as Barbara Eden, but we get the, you know, we get as close as you. Oh, Barbara Windsor's first film role. She'd already been in the rag trade. Yes. And a big West End hit. I'm trying to remember. Do you notice I said that very, very carefully? Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's right. Things ain't what they used to be. It's the thing she was in, and pl- pretty much playing the same character forever and ever and ever. So this is her first of nine carry-on It was, films. too, and there's lovely Charles Hawtrey playing our own James from the podcast. <laughs> this one. Charlie Bind. Char- uh, Charlie Bind, double O. Oh. See, I see what you because mean. They looked, they looked at him and said, oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, uh, James Bind, 006 and a half, the original character name, was one of the things vetoed by... <laughs> By Broccoli, who basically said, I will sue you, and I, ah. and I can. And yet he didn't bother with any of this. I think surely he would have worked out that this is only going to give him more kudos. Of course, everyone's going to be, look, I love that circuit thing at the back of the blackboard. Look at her lovely hair. Gosh, she's gorgeous, isn't she? She, does, she looks like something that's about to be launched against Cuba, doesn't she? <laughs> well, I, two things. Attached to a woman. <laughs> I so we own probably. her, don't we? We certainly yes. do. Get out of my She sees pump. ghosts and everything. Yeah, yeah. And the, um, the dear thing's just retired, yeah. And, you know, when we're also another degree of separation from her as well because, of course, friend of the podcast, Walter, made a documentary he about did. Oh, What a Lovely War, the initial stage production of which Barbara Windsor was in. Oh, and he that interviewed was a good documentary. Her, he and did. according to Walter, she is absolutely lovely and she is very gorgeous. happy to reminisce. And a lot stronger and a lot smarter than she comes across in all of things. Is this an appropriate moment to tell you Barbara Windsor's story about this first day yes. of shooting? Oh, oh go yes, on please. Well, she, well she's, she, she's quite open about it. Ken's diary we've got there, and of course he doesn't cover any of this. He says they were all very great friends. Well, Mm. Um, she'd already been working in the rag trade with Peter Fraser Jones, who was the book in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and Miriam oh, Carlin, yes. who was everything. It was a big, big deal. It was as big a comedy as The Good Life, what would be in the 70s. So mm. that level of. But it was kind of like, are you being served, but with frocks in a frock shop? Doesn't sound hate hot, but it was great for the time. Oh, Babs, this is how you got the rock. Look at those breasts. Yes, yeah, she's so small, she has to work, go to the children's department. She wears a double O. Shoe. She actually does. She does it in a in a book. Anyway, she said of Ken. She said I was in awe of him. I was crazy about the theatre, and the, of course, because I'd just been with Littlewood, and I was. But we were all obsessed. All of us in Littlewood's company were obsessed with Ken and the theatre he'd done because he was this magnificent actor. We all thought he could take anything on. And she said I was very fortunate as a young girl to see him as the Dauphin and a huge fan of Pieces of Eight, which is that review he did with Maggie Smith, of course. Um, and she's and she goes on to say that she saw it so many times that she knew whole scenes by heart. So, so th- she said there was only one thing I was absolutely terrified of filming, and that was working with Ken. And she said so on set. She mangled her first lines on the first day. They they didn't have rehearsals. These things were shot in six weeks, 
and the actors, Joan Sims says, we were paid two and six a day. I don't think she was actually exaggerating too much. <laughs> Barbara but Windsor she said, earned £4,000 for this film. It wasn't good. Ken, Ken would get that in one day of advertising. Bernard Cribbins got £5,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, look at him. He fills his part lovely. But she said, she said on set she mangled her first line and Williams glared at me from behind his secret agent, Black Whiskers, that scene will come up later. And he says, darling, he sneered, do please get it right. <laughs> and she, and, she, and, and she, said, she said to him, I'm a graduate of Littlewood's Theatre. Don't you yell at me. And she said, not with that vanilla fielding minge you've got round your chops. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there'll be a lot more of that as we go on. I do like her eidetic memory. <gasps> she's Zoe. <laughs> she's so God. She's Zoe. Well, you know what, Bernard Cribbins here is giving exactly the same performance as he'll give with Peter Cushing in two years' time in Daleks' Invasion Earth. He actually really is, isn't ID he? And Do you realise he's actually the totty in this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is surprising because Jim Dale is going to turn up. Mm. Now, Jim Dale, of course, as we know, was considered early on for the part of Bond. Yes, and also... Bizarrely enough. But, and also later in 1974 for mm. the part of Doctor Who. What? Yes. Really? Uh, 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 to replace Pertwee, he was considered. Remarkable. <laughs> oh, yes. This is. <laughs> now, we have, what code names do we have? It was the rudest line I thought I'd ever heard. But w- when you hear Kenny's um, code name, but it isn't Rear Admiral. I had to rewatch it. <laughs> so, so the dreaded co- Rear Admiral. The, their code names are Red Admiral. No, that's not how I heard it. <laughs> uh, Brown Cow. Yes. So Barbara Windsor. Yellow Peril for Charles Holtry. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and Blue Bottle for Bernard Gribben. Oh, yes. of course, another Goons reference. Yeah. Oh, Ken. But Ken, Ken's r- comment, has anyone been ki- copies of his diary? It's probably just me. <laughs> his, his, his only comment on the first day of shooting was, and I'll read it out to you, soulless waste of time. <laughs> 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 uh, he will elucidate later on. <laughs> the comic timing in this film is just fantastic. That's like, the thing, isn't it? Yeah. This moment right here where uh, mm. he's saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, 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 goodbye. <laughs> Pat Bree. lovely lovely they had already (laughs) with a bit of luck you'll do both (laughs) (laughs) the action (laughs) oh dear there's Vienna. Some stock footage of Vienna because we're not leaving Bynwood Studios. Yes. It's Peter, Wing- it's Peter Wingard up a, up a spire. Here we go. It's basically still what they do for the Daniel Craigs. Oh. No. Oh, oh yes. Well, they go- yeah. And, you know, they, 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 put up, they put up captions, which, as we all know, Cinema Sins hates. They always do Dr. Sin for reading. Like having uh. to, it's a movie. Why do I have to read things? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Dale does look like a lovely animated toy thing of an actor, doesn't he? He's more <laughs> like a lovely dolly. And so, tell me more about him. Where, what will he go on to do? Well, one of the nicest things I ever thought he did was play Spike Milligan in um, the film versions of um, my part in, um, you His know, in, in, in yeah, Hitler's yeah. Downfall and such. And um, and he's really good as Spike, and does actually look a little bit like the younger Spike. And Spike, of course, adored him. It's easy to forget now, being where we are. Isn't she gorgeous? Look at all those teeth. She's the Billy Piper of a generation. What's bigger? 
really? A teeth or a hair? <laughs> Both. <laughs> or a but, but he was he was really considered top talent. Yeah, and yeah. and he was. He's kind of handsome for, in a sort of well, mid twentieth sort of, century English okay. way. If, 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 if there was a doll version, he'd have dated Cindy. He was that sort of. <laughs> but what, where else have I seen him? Has he is he in a Blake carry Seven on. episode? <laughs> carry on. <laughs> More carry Blake on. Seven episode. <laughs> okay. He's in most carry on. He had a very varied career. He did. Um, he was kind of like a Roy Castle. He did theatre. He could dance. He has a, v- a wide, wide range, as you can see. And uh, he's one of the, I think, three cast members still with us. Him, Bernard, and yeah. Barbara. Yeah, yeah, that's I it. Thought, I thought Barbara had left us. No, no, no. no, no. no. She, she's retired from EastEnders, and she's, from she's not in the but... rudest of health. But um, she's eighty-one. Jim Dale's eighty-three, and Bernard's ninety. Oh, my God. He must be protected. Kenneth, yeah, Kenneth patched it up with, with Babs in the next scene. You'll say, I, re- I do like you, Barbara. He was obsessed with bad breath and actors' bad breath. And he said to her, you're oh. the only person. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Exactly. <laughs> you're the only person on set I can rely on to clean their teeth after luncheon. <laughs> I, think, I think Jim Dell is wearing... Barbara Windsor's bra. <laughs> I think he's wearing Barbara Windsor. She'd fit down that hole. So he's really good at this, isn't he? <laughs> but Charles Hawtrey shorts win the entire film. <laughs> That's why I was so surprised when I watched this earlier today, because Jim Dale has... Quite a small part. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you see the other films. He tucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Hort. Oh, and how is this for a single entendre? <laughs> oh, how deflating. Now, of course, this is lifted straight from Dr. No. Or, uh, or indeed from um, Cigarettes Present Casino Royale. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely moment of Orson Welles as the cuckoo clock. James. Oh, James. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that in the beginning of the film. <laughs> well, yes, because, because you went you second. You said it in the wrong <laughs> Sorry. <order. laughs> I didn't now, want to say anything. This yeah. is an early use, of course, of a technique that Warhol claimed that he premiered in Chelsea Girls in 66, but it's actually the very first time in British cinema that you see Eric Pullman playing both parts of the fat man and the chanteuse, because if you look very carefully, <laughs> if it's not for the powder... It's exactly the same voice. Oh, look at Jim Dale looking like the pretty. He looks exactly like what Roger Moore would have dressed up his his only daughter as if to play James Bond. Well, the fat man He's is very pretty. The fat man is James Bond reference. Oh, because at- Eric Pullman played Spectre Number the- One, the voice of. Did indeed. Um, I was in, uh, from in Russia with Love and and ah Thunderthigh and yes and really beautifully too. And, so there uh, you go. We have him. He's ours now. I've also remembered that Victor Madden played Robson in Fury from the Deep. Robson, right. Okay. Yeah, so he's the intransigent base commander who gets taken over by seaweed and breathes on people. I thought that was your sister. <laughs> Megan Jones. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and here's the beard. Or is it, as it will now be known on this podcast, Fenella. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, looks, he looks exactly like Tree Mass, doesn't he? <laughs> he really does, doesn't he? It's uncanny. Don't, don't be nice. Now, now, for those of you who's, who've, who've missed it, he just gave back the secret plans yes, to the villain. Yes, he did. <laughs> because, again, words? there's lots of Brexit references in this one. <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. 
Now, Richard, <laughs> you were talking about his um his this being his snide character. Yes. Which, given the entirety of his carry on, is it's quite a rare characterization for his carry on. He Do you know why? Does a more pompous. He hates this part. You know, he yeah. hated it forever. He and Tony Hancock had the huge falling out. The reason mm. he ended up not being on the show is because he heard Tony saying, "I'm so sick of that old fruit twatting about <laughs> with his na- with his nasal enunciations and his one hick, one joke, wondrousness." Because Ken. He Hancock had, you know, they were all such troubled people. They really yeah. were. Yeah. We'll get onto that when we look at more of Ken's diaries during the shoot. But Hancock himself did not see himself as a humorist. He saw himself as the true everyman, the representative, that, that humour should never be spoken or it should be suggested and subtly done. He actually missed that people probably just want to have fun when they're watching or listening. <laughs> but, yeah, there we go. Gone man. again. Bang. Sorry. That was no, funny. that was funny. <laughs> which I just killed. That's actually Victor Madden's reaction. Actually, here. this whole scene—that whole scene really has very modern connotations, doesn't it? Mm. About that. Oh, hello. It's John Bluthall, whom uh, we own. He's Australian. He was worked with Spike. He's on the Goons. He, he also plays the voice of Doctor Crow. So, yep, uh, and, he does. and possibly, also, possibly most famous, not for Doctor Who, but for the Vicar of Dibley, where he is Frank. Oh the man who my says, god! No, 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 no! Yes! Oh my goodness! He is yes. but he's, he's in just everything. left us, I think, as well. Yeah, he yeah. has. Right. But he lived forever. He did all those Q series with. Oh, I know. Did all those Q series with with Bike as well. There's lots of Spike references in this. Yes. It's <laughs> 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 like he's getting his first notice. He's just a master of the subtle master reaction, of the subtlety. Isn't he? You but know, he said to Fenella Fielding in the one they did, which was I think Carry On Screaming, don't give me lines. No one can teach me anything. I am immaculate <laughs> in those shorts. But Ken actually could not take direction. And his critics, even at the time, you know, it was um, Michael Condon was trying to get him into not just um, – uh, entertaining Mr. Sloan, of course, because <laughs> he just met Joe Orton while they were filming this. That that was the beginning of the whole long friendship. Uh, but they were all trying to get him to do it, serious parts, but he would not allow himself to be vulnerable. Oh, I see. He th- he he was totally in control and called the shots on every every day of the shoot. He re- that's why he gets first tips. He was pretty much directing the scenes as well and telling everyone what to do. But everyone else is pretty easygoing and fine and lovely and, you know, can tell him what to do with his minge. So. Bernard Krupen's um, had nothing unkind to say about him later on other than he was a perfectionist and um, they didn't keep in touch. But there is a nice story of... <laughs> <laughs> Reserved for British agents. I do wonder if he perhaps mellowed later in life because I see him on talk shows in the 80s and he seems very receptive to listening and responding to other people, having actually heard what they're saying. Oh, yes, this bit with the microphone. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a beautiful clip where he and Stephen Fry are on a talk show together and Stephen Fry says, look, Kenneth, I, think I it's just- an episode of Parkinson. Ah. Kenneth, I just have to say you were such an inspiration to me and I wouldn't be where I am now, you know, with a show primetime on BBC One with Hugh Laurie if it weren't for you. And Kenneth just responds, darling, I've watched that show since day one. I think you're wonderful. I think you're the new generation of comedy. You got it from me. (laughs) But there does seem to be a moment of rapport between them where they they sort of realise how in awe they are of each other, but how much they respect one another. I I think Kenneth, because he went through a lot of depression and then 
did not work for a long time, did he, Richard? Like there was a huge gap where people mm, people wouldn't employ him. But he did a lot. He made all his money in advertising, Mm. and he did a lot of voiceovers and ads, like Tom Baker. Yeah. So he's actually his last year. He screwed all his money away. He left quite a lot of money behind. But he had to rescue just at this time his father. Um, little Charlie had been, and he, and mother, they all lived in, had lived in the same tenement house. But his his dad owned a hairdressing shop, and his mother cleaned. But his his father drank a lot and was apparently quite violent to his mother on occasion. So mm. they stayed together. Um, Charlie was still alive, but he bailed them out to the tune of seven thousand five hundred pounds this year, Gosh. and bought and had just bought his own flat. Everything was covered in oatmeal. What well. does that say to you? Like space nineteen seventy nine, everything everything was beige. <laughs> but um, he, that's it. Yes, his cleanliness thing was extreme that, to the point that was that, a lot of money. That, well, it was. Um, so yeah, he was earning a lot. Mm, this film cost one hundred forty eight thousand pounds to make. It did which is about three million in today's money. What's that compared to an Avengers episode, Brendan? Is that about three episodes? Um, yes, at the I, time, yes, I would think so. That sounds about right to me. Because the sets, as we'll later see, are definitely Ken Adam on a on a Doctor Who scale. I think they work very well. Isn't Eric fantastic? And see, he knows how to do his mic without hmm. stubation, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, you're more, you're more aware of the um, of the zeitgeist than I am. You know, we have this Sean giving us two musical performances in the middle. This is not long after Venus Smith and the Avengers. Is this just something that films would do at this point? This or? was exactly the taste of the time. And you I can see. listen to early um, early Dusty Springfield. But, you know, the leading girl at the time happened to be Mrs. Roger Moore, Dorothy Squires. Ah. And her style was exactly what was just being lampooned there. But you can also remember the early Shirley Bassey ones when they were, they were called torch singers, torch mm, song singers. Yes. So, actually, the best representative of it is um, – Torch Song Trilogy when you see <laughs> when you see the char- that character doing, you know, but yes, yeah, think Shirley and think the whole thing. No, they, they were big swooping ballads. Lionel Bart was making a lot of money doing this on the West End. <laughs> so pop was around, but it was still seen as a little bit cute. It right. was still a bit Cliff Richard. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I love hadn't this quite, scene. We hadn't got We hadn't got to the full-on mod drug scene, which would only come the next year in 65 when you got, you know, <laughs> real pop and more of the heavy guitars. <laughs> It's hard to know who to look at. It actually does feel like we're watching an animated version of because everyone is just so. We know these faces so well. Yes. It's slightly surreal, isn't it? Oh, it really is. I mean, it was this film that they were shooting wherever it was when they do the outside stuff that Sir Lawrence Olivier <laughs> drove up in his, in his huge Daimler. And said, and he's telling the cast. He saw them. He saw them in the studio canteen. I said, whatever Lawrence Olivier was doing. That and he said, um, and he said, I saw this terrible man in a in a stinking overcoat and two wet paper bags trudging up the trudging up the muddy lane. It was wherever they were shooting. And and he just told the driver to stop. And it was Charles Hawtrey. And he said, <laughs> My dear, what are we doing? He said, Oh, good morning, Sir Lawrence. Yes, I'm shooting this morning. He said, well, what are you doing like this? Oh, no, they don't even pay us for a taxi or anything, Sir Lawrence. No, we've got to make it on our own. <laughs> and it's true. They got nothing. <laughs> Barbara said it as well. She said, I didn't do it for the money. I just did it because a lot of folk didn't have telly and I wanted to get it, you know, 
and I want to get seen. Yes. And in that outfit, love, you'd have very yes. chance of not being seen, don't you? And so they made some, sometimes they made two or th- even three within a year. Yeah, no, they yeah. did. This year there were two that came out. You, she could fit the entirety of her under his left armpit <laughs> as he's about to try. Look. Yeah, this is the ninth film in six years. Mm. Have uh, we spotted Billy Hartnell yet? <laughs> Mention him when he, when he crops that's, up. He's in a few that's scenes. That's his hair there, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no not, ha, ha, ha. not yet. Not yet. Wait for it. It's, it's when you can hear someone screaming. No, there he is, just, just below the ropes. That's, he's, he's just yep. holding the little fan underwater, making the ripples. You can just see his, see his little <laughs> finger. And if you listen up. very carefully. <laughs> I'm legitimate. <laughs> 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 There's lovely Thin Man references here. With the way it's being shot, so Carol Reed and, of course, um, um, oh, on the right. I'm liking this familiar. too much. Sorry, on the right. Is- <laughs> yes. And, you know, despite the fact that these films were made on a very low budget, these sets are very impressive. I mean, maybe they've grabbed them from stock from somewhere else. The next film in the series will be Carry On Cleo. Where it's shot they- at Pinewood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they're mm. all just back lots. That's what Sir Lawrence mm. was doing at the time, probably, you know, getting yeah. his hair primped. I'm hoping he was doing Spartacus yeah. in, in the pool. <laughs> in, uh, in Carry On Cleo, they used unused sets from the Liz Taylor and Richard Burton yeah. Cleopatra Yeah, because they went and hot-trotted it all off to, um, what's the big, Chichonella, the big studios in Rome to shoot. So they left uh, all the sets and everything. Fires of Pompeii. That's it, yeah. All um, around the ruins of Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> look, he's got perfect comic timing, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yes, yes. Well, it, you know, it's why he's worked for 60 years. But it, he's also a bit of a sweetie. And he's got a head. He does look like Broderick Crawford, though, doesn't he? He's, got, he's sort of got a head that looks more like Wello. Looks more like it should be on the end of something. Oh, Charles, Charles Hawtrey could never be accused of, of minimal movement, could he? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lovely moment of Billy on one leg. Did you just see him holding it? Mincible movement, perhaps. <laughs> Even the rest of the cast with the poverty would say that Hawtrey was the meanest of the lot. He'd come in with a little paper bag full of exactly the same... Um, Force meat sandwich, and it would sit oh there and, and eat it gummily in front of them. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does, he has. A deadpan face. <laughs> oh, which is the only way you can hold that gun. <laughs> Uh, and what is he going to do with that? I don't know. Shoot around corners. Yes. <laughs> no, it's Chekhov's bent gun. I once dated <laughs> someone like that. <laughs> well, talk uh, about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Upwards or downwards? Sideways. <laughs> oh, right. There you are then. Yeah, no. I've, I've, yeah, anyway. Rushed, <laughs> <laughs> to all those hard to reach places. <laughs> God, and they say rerouting the Murray Darling's heart. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> Murray. Murray <laughs> Darling. There you go. There's a drag king name. <laughs> Full of dead fish. Yeah, he's here all week. <laughs> Try the fish. 
Actually, yes, Murray Darling. I hadn't yeah. considered that. <laughs> There's a lot of moments to be injured. Uh, Kenneth apparently badly slashed his ankles as far as, you know, Ken's concerned. And later, there's a later scene where he said the blood rushed to his head and he couldn't breathe. And that was just probably being this close to Bernard Cribbins. I think we're all swooning a bit, aren't we? Right now. He, he's, he's just a lovely big loaf of malted toffiness, isn't he? He has an he? enormous head, doesn't he? he? No, well, Bernard you know, or- probably <laughs> know better people than I. I <laughs> Look at it. You know, I do wonder. His body's caught up with his head over the years. No, always does. I said earlier, I thought it was ah. odd that they made Bernard Cribbins the romantic lead, if you like, when they have Jim Dale. But I do wonder if they're. Experiment- he couldn't pull off the drag. <laughs> well, yeah. They're, but they're experimenting with different people in different parts. And it's like, yeah. okay, Jim, we're not going to give you the biggest part every film. Yeah. We're going to give Bernard to go in this one and we'll give you the next one. This because- was his only his second. You know, mm. But Bernard doesn't Bernard's- come back for a long time. No, not till Carry On Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 30 years yeah. <laughs> Wait, is the beginning. Carry On Columbus, like the really. Really like, recent like last Like with one. Rich, Rick Mail and yeah, stuff. All yeah, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Jim Dale. Yeah, he only ever did three. John Pertwee. He was asked to do Carry On Cleo, but um, elected to do a play instead. Yeah. <laughs> elected to wash his hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is that they were all legit theatre actors. We forget this is really a rep piece. And and one of the critics at the, in the Times, Ken said when this one came out, they're finally giving us recognition. We've been making money. Carry On Nurse, we were just saying, was the biggest grossing British film of 1959, Matron. Oh my god! The, the whole year, but this. But the critics were saying, that, and you can just hear the patrician splendor in the way that people used to write. I wish we still had a bit more of that. You know, saying that it's um, the, the the cast have always over pursued the dialogue, and the scenes are always trampled by the performers. But it's done with great gusto and zeal and land and they're act- and they're all much much better than the work that they do the, the, the material they have and the work that they do far exceeds the material it's it's true they they really are exactly the right people to be steering brexit yeah <laughs> they <no>. really are <laughs> Actually, yeah, they've been they trying have- to get another carry-on film off the ground. It should be carry-on Brexit. <laughs> uh, well, we're doing it now. Those nostrils could save the British Empire. So, do you know the um, the director of photography of this film actually ended up making three Bond movies? Yes, really? Alan Hume. Hmm? Alan Hume, yes. yes. For your eyes, only Octopussy and View to a Kill. Wow. But we don't blame him for that. I like View to a kill. some of them. <laughs> I like this more. <laughs> I think texture wise and and lighting wise, it's it's doing. Um, I would say that you know the antecedents of Bond very clearly. It's definitely doing Carol Reed. It's and and pretty much film noir. But, this is which, our of last... course, is English. How American German expressionism. It is. Yes, <laughs> it is. You this can... is our last black and white one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, Cleo is colour because of the amazing sets. But that's the thing, you can't be lazy with parody, I, I figure out, watching this film. Mm. If you're going to paradise the thing, you have to pick the thing you're paradising, and they're paradising the tropes. They're not paradising Billingsgate because you can't, because no. the visuals are extraordinary. So they have the same visuals as much as possible and the same depth of field and shadows as we see there. Um, 
I mean, there's location work and stuff in in actual serious spy films, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. If you are just watching this without hearing it and without knowing what the dialogue is and you just watch it for about five minutes, you would probably think, oh, this is, this is, just, this is just a spy film. Oh, he fell over. That's weird. But you wouldn't immediately know it was a parody until you listened to the dialogue and take in the performance. Not so far, no. And I, I think there's little think, doubt left as we go on. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's really important to, to good parody is it needs to be not exactly indistinguishable but so close that you need to really focus on it to pick up the parody. Um, in the last few years has been an excellent movie, very much in the tradition of this, called Spy with Melissa McCarthy oh. and Miranda oh, Hart yes. okay. as secret agents. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jude Law and Jason Statham. And Alison Janney. And Alison Janney. Gosh. It's really, really good. <laughs> That's, we should do that next. Yes, we should. Uh, I think we will. It, at, like, watching this this afternoon, I kind of thought, actually, Spy is, it's not, you know, a remake, but it's, it's this idea made now. Oh. How far <laughs> have we come? Well, I think that, that well, if if they're making jokes about the shock and scandal of doing things in their bedroom that, you know, people might notice and yes. be a little bit shameful of that. That's one of the sweetest moments in the film, really, isn't it? <laughs> the dialogue that we just <laughs> But there's four of them in the room, so yes, it is quite shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> In case you missed it the first time, yeah. <laughs> <Mama> mia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there's the first one of the scenes. <laughs> yes, yeah, very small dossier. Yeah, yes, apparently that's true. Apparently that is true of Jude Laura's. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Apparently that's true of Jude Law as well. He has, he has a very small talent since you're but mentioning I, I, other actors. I love how Charles Hawtrey, he doesn't overplay that line of very small dossier. He's more like noting it for his own personal <laughs> reference later. We've seen him in the shorts. So, yeah. and, and, you know, for us Doctor Who fans, it of course brings up the idea that in the land of fiction, in the rehearsal, the master says to the Doctor and Jamie... I have your dossiers here, and Patrick and Fraser in rehearsal both grab their crotches and go, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> and Wendy says, oh, God, Debbie warned me about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is it holiday time yet? <laughs> so this isn't, the, this isn't the last time that a, a secret agent called Charles Bind turns up in a... In a James Bond spoof, either. Is Why? It? What? Is it not? Um, so, in the late 70s, early 80s, um, number one of the Secret Service. Oh. And the he sequels. Called, he was called Charles Bind. His it? name was Charles Bind. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about Charles this. Hall- what and is Charles- it? And Charles Hawtrey's in it. Like yeah. they, were, they, were, they were Bond slash spy spoof films made in the late 70s, basically sex comedies. Right. Um, so porn. Number one, <laughs> basically. The late 70s. Number one of the Secret <laughs> Service. Uh, License to Love and Kill. And Number One Gun. Um, How could we have missed them? Um, three different actors played the character. Um, the first was Nicky Henson. The second was Gareth Hunt. Oh, oh bless. Uh, and the third was Michael Howe. 
<laughs> That's exactly what Ken does to birds in the cupboard. Oh, she's gone. Oh, she's <laughs> in Narnia, I would think. <laughs> she is. Well, do you notice they've all fought stop a little? Because uh, yeah, this is a bit mm. problematic. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. also Galonia. Well, we're going to get a, a line l- later on in this film straight out of the Pauline Hanson playbook. Um, mm. But I was just going to say, Nikki Henson, of course. Most famous for being the young lad who Basil Fawlty is worried is bringing women into the hotel. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Too. yes. And but and also, I believe, unofficial Mister Kate O'Mara for many years. Ooh. Oh, oh, the Street of a Thousand Arts. Arts. Yes. <laughs> God, she's gorgeous. She, she, she does gorgeous. great eyes, doesn't mm, she? Yeah, because they're normal sized. And everything else in her body is so tiny mm. that they end up looking like stuffed eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, there's a beaded curtain, so obviously something dramatic's going to happen. Someone's going to peer back through it. Click. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very odd Click. choice. <laughs> it was a very odd choice, wasn't it? <laughs> well, the notion that eidetic memory works like, oh, but she's so oh. gorgeous. <laughs> I want her glasses. Yeah. I, want, I, want, I want her pith. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm envious of the pith. Yeah, I could take that pith quite, <laughs> quite you're, you're doing it now, darling. I also, I also love all the Lady Penelope accessories. And yes, it is the same year. But of course, as you say, on a black and ruined for two years. <laughs> Brown cow to rear admiral. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that Simpsons joke about the dreaded rear admiral. <laughs> no, but he's the Red Admiral, isn't he? Yes. Mm, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. yeah, I'm just having a flash forwards <laughs> oh to um, God. RuPaul's Drag Race um, All Stars season four. Brown cow. Oh, <laughs> stunning! And there's a, there's that moment there where Ken's like, "I'm looking for a girl." The guy says, "Come with me. I have a pretty sister." It's like, hold, hold, hold. is this cruising? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because because the guard seems very disappointed. <laughs> Ah. Okay, now, before we started recording, I said that Matt Smith could play a very good Kenneth Williams, and here's Kenneth Williams in affairs. In affairs. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. uh, he possibly could. He's such a... Yeah. Or indeed, Barbara Windsor, but, he's got the range. They do, they do that great thing with their voice. You know, like they, they drop an octave and kind of yeah. talk through their nose. Like, yes. like you, can, you can see Matt Smith playing him. Well, there was a whole lot of training, and this is the point, even doing silly films like this. They- <laughs> is that guy hitting on him? <laughs> he can hit on me. Yeah, he's kind of handsome, isn't he? Oh. <laughs> he's talking into a snake. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> what oh, mass? my God, there's a there's a animal. <laughs> Come on, and, and if you wait for it, there's... Yes. There's a Stepford wife. <laughs> well, it's actually a man in a dress. <laughs> wow. It, that's, uh, really excuse hurt. me, that's my bed. Yes, <laughs> such an obvious joke. Um, and, it's of course, it will Peter be Sellers, stolen like from for Octopussy. Yes. <laughs> a Why in Algiers, though? That doesn't really make any sense. It's just brown people, isn't it? It's yeah. like the English are very, very uncertain of where brown people might come from in the 1960s. But it's also a nod to the the thin, the third man stories and to, of course, Casablanca and oh, Michael Cortez. Yeah, and Graham Greene. There's a whole lot of stuff. I'm just loving all the bits of old tat that they've managed yeah. to <laughs> find at Portobello Markets. 
and of course, you mentioned the third man, Richard. The fat man was in the third he man. He was indeed. Bought him dinner. Was indeed, yes. Ate quite a lot. I do love that, that Audrey, <laughs> Audrey manages to combine the coquettish with the suave. Oh. <laughs> and a whole lot of mince. There you go. Oh, no, you've yeah. dropped, dropped your secret papers thing. <laughs> it's a running gag. <laughs> Oh, well, yes. The pace isn't great, but there's a real sense that you're busting in on somebody's party, mm. isn't there? I get the sense that they're all having a really good time. Well, that's the thing. It's a, it's a series of set pieces strung together by them then getting back together in a room and saying, right, what do we do now? So, so much like a, a James film. Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> In fact. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Is that a rice cooker? It's a if we were If we were reshooting a Bond film, who would we cast from this cast? As, oh, okay. As Bond, I'd, I'd, I'd actually choose Jim Dale. Would you? Yeah. Mm. But I do like the idea of Barbara Windsor as a sort of slightly dotty, sort of proto um, Brit Eklund sort of um, <laughs> Bond girl. You know. Or M. Or M. Oh, oh my God. God. No. Um, Hakim's Funhouse. I was thinking possibly Hattie Jakes as M. Oh, I like that idea. But uh, sorry, I, I tell her she's not in this one, so forget it. But I think Kenny would have made a really interesting villain. Yes. Darkly, you know, because all camp is evil, as mm. we know, if you just flip it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing it now. <laughs> um, you can but, blow smoke out of mine. <laughs> Ch- Charles Hawtrey is Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is a bit Q. <laughs> Don't touch that, 007. That's my four-meat lunch. Go in P.O. <laughs> oh, that's very cheeky. The luncheon vouchers scandal was, of course, do you remember? No. Um, I'm trying to remember her name now. I used to know it very well. But uh, there was a madam. She was quite famous and she wrote books and was appearing on TV and all the rest of it later years. But she was accepting luncheon vouchers from gentlemen instead of cash to come to her brothel and the luncheon uh. vouchers scandal around this time, same time as the perfumer scandal. This is the same year. It's all happening this year. Is is that the Cynthia? Woman, I'm trying. I'll come back. It'll, the woman, um, personal services is yes, based on. exactly. Yes. Wonderful, Cynthia. Film. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Cin- uh, well, Cynthia Payne. I think That's was. It. Her I was going to say Payne. Stage name is apparently there's not a lot of pain involved though. Just a luncheon mm. voucher. Mister Popper Zogaloo. Mm. It's very predictive of our Daphne. <laughs> it's getting very Fraser at this point, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's been pointed out by a number of people that this is basically the Living Daylights. Who's sick? <laughs> well, apart the, from us tonight. There's the Pauline Hanson line. <laughs> but moving on. It, it, start, it starts basically in Vienna. <laughs> it does. And there's a, mi- there's an Africa electric milk van. returns to England. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? And who, it's, who, it's a bit more than that. So is who's, Ken, riding a, is Ken, who's riding a double bass down a <laughs> Yeah, down and is Kenny Tim Dalton? That works for <laughs> there, there isn't a double bass, but oh, there is... Oh. Um, a fiddle or a a lute in a moment. Yes, that's true. Um, there is a lute. She get yeah. She um, gets the full lute. But for, but forgive me. Is Algiers near Afghanistan? Uh, not <laughs> not that near. Even if you're close, 
close Morocco. by. And this is, of course, honey for the prince, oh, yes, isn't I it? I forgot about Morocco. Um, it, it, all, <laughs> it also features an enemy agent invading an English intelligence facility. Oh, we haven't got to that bit. <laughs> oh, you see where we have. U- utilizing exploding milk bottles. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and, and, and oh, I say, oh, I know. Oh, Bernard, <laughs> Bernard and those Barbara, like he really knows how to carry off the Barbara Eden trousers, doesn't he? Well, Barbara it's, was never allowed to show her navel. No, no. So this is a step up from that. Bernard <laughs> in drag <laughs> <laughs> is stirring stirrings in me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd throw Barbara. Oh, <laughs> they, um, um, they also feel, feature um, like a camouflaged like object dressed in a hat and coat. Oh. Billy Hunt. <laughs> oh, bless her! Look at that. Why doesn't anyone do that for me? I just want to be stuffed full and of shocks. Fed. Do you have any grapes? Uh, yeah. We <laughs> I thought they were yeah. chockies. <laughs> I'm getting a hedonism bot from, from Futurama. <laughs> this really hurts yes. so naughty. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> Is there anything about Bernard not to love? <laughs> I think he looks moment. fantastic. I think he really does. If he'd only done season four of Doctor Who dressed like With, that. Without oh. the sound on, you really miss the... The, the, the wonder that is Bernard Cribbins oh, singing and playing that loose. Is he taking the piss out of Skiffle? Like, like yes. he is. It's delicious. She's my best friend and everything, yes. Everything. <laughs> 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 this is one of the greatest lines in the film. <laughs> he said... Hey, but, oh, he actually does it very well, doesn't he? <laughs> you can just you can just imagine that that shot of him playing the lute with "You have been watching" coming yes. across the bottom. Going, Most <laughs> men find her very exciting. Really, in what way? <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the bank on a Saturday night? <laughs> oh, let me my see God. your shimmy. Let me see your shimmy, but no, sh- it's certainly not. Now shimmy that <laughs> walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's the filthiest moment in the film Right there Thank you Babs Yes And that's the second Oh wow Look uh, at that That's great isn't it she I can't it. wait to see Bernard do that Oh well, he, well You're about to Wait no longer See it reminds me of The best moment in <gasps> The terrible Wild Wild West movie Where <laughs> Will Smith explains to Kevin <laughs> Klein That in order to make fake boobs The rubber balloons should have An equal mix of birdseed and water So they have a uh, They have a certain jiggle that's actually something that happened in cinema. Yeah, and quite recently. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Like the last 20 years. No? Oh, I'm, I'm not talking about it being sexism. I'm talking about it being what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you have Will Smith and Kevin Klein. Why are they talking about bird seed to water ratios? Oh, now, aren't they really? This is the closest I'll ever get to seeing Bernard do this in, for me personally, so. Well, you can just uh, watch um, Stephen Fry. He's doing it now. <laughs> I think there's a. I would like to feel that there is a solar system between. Now that's a tape. Why is it a tape measure? <laughs> you know, as much as hello, hello, hello. Because it could bend. Yes. Hello, hello. As much as the lower low is a spoof of Secret Army, I do have to wonder if, like, Leclerc is just a spoof of every character in this film. Uh, uh. <laughs> He's great. And he fills the cups lovely, doesn't he? Yes. They brimeth over. 
It's all got slightly rapey in here. <laughs> slightly. Yes, yeah, the promise of a lot more to come. <laughs> Something really, really <laughs> I do like this. But it also feels like a Tintin comic for very naughty adolescent boys. Yes. So, so a Tintin comic then. <laughs> <laughs> Tintin does all the Foreign Legion. <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super racist. That super <laughs> racist. It really is. Ow, that really hurt. You hit me on the head with that <laughs> chamber pot. Chamber pot. Just for you, Brendan. Look at that, Brendan. Just for Brendan. It's a, yeah, a Sydney pub. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's, service game. It's one of the very first Seegers, yes. And, um, and so here we have what we call Sulu's poker machine because you know, Chekhov's gun is the gun sits there and has to be fired by you know the end of the scene. Here we have a um, poker machine that's been clearly telegraphed, but it's not a Chekhov's poker machine because absolutely fucking nothing happens with it. No, ah! it's, it's product placement. It's a Bond parody, and clearly Sega has dropped a whole bunch of money in order to uh, get their product, their mega cast. Right. Yes, and well, of course, you know, Sega machines will feature later in um, Peter Sellers and Casino Royale. Oh, God. I've blanked that film. <laughs> Which one? Peter Casino Sellers Royale. and Casino Royale. We should really do. <laughs> we need. To, I've forgotten have everything about it. Have we ever done a podcast? I on can't that? recall either. No, we need. We need to have another go. Definitely. <laughs> I think we've all been on at least one. <laughs> he does hold his loot lovely, doesn't he? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, kind of filthy. But too. he shouldn't really put that in his mouth when he's about to be hit on the head by Bernard Grimm. No. That could go horribly Cause, wrong. Because Bernard carries quite a lot of inertia behind him, doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> Dear. It's like my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Barbara Eden drag going on <laughs> in the 90s, it's true. <laughs> Oh, James. I found Jim's, I found Jim, Jim Dale utterly convincing. James is providing the foley. For, for no, he's, he's not being picked up, but I do. <laughs> he's uncorking for us. He's uncorking speak. for us. <laughs> this Jim Dale looking very chic of Araby, isn't he? Yes. All, all, all very Valentino. Very nice. You, I James. certainly picked that up on the. Uh, yes. On track four. <laughs> <laughs> I um I, I I just want to go back because it was kind of obscured by the um by the champagne uh-huh. cork. Well done, Richard. Looking very chic. What was that? You said Jim Dale was looking very chic. He was. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping no one would pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So we have this version. The subtitles, is it worth mentioning that? <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh yes, yeah, so the subtitles are quite hilarious. Someone has typed them with their face. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of them said, 
<laughs> yeah, occasionally the O's are zeros. Yeah, there's a lot of capital letter, capital one. Oh, CT is always a D as well. It may have been OCR'd or something. Speaking of all these of all these letters and numbers and artificial colours and flavours, Brendan, would you care for one of your mocktails at the moment? Or you? Oh, yes, please. Very Thank Portman. You, you can see he's had one too many. <laughs> Portman, I keep wanting to call him Portman. He was a, considered a dashing young bander in his day. Mr. He, Pullman. Yeah, Mr. Pullman in the 30s. Mm. He was considered quite the thing. <laughs> Mind you, I think the fact that he could just stand up and not be killed by a Messerschmitt was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I should point out that with the subtitles, we just had Pleasures of the Flesh. We did. Being that was just Brendan and I. <laughs> Perfweezers of the Fush. Yeah, I quite like Imbefeels, actually. <laughs> Imbefeels I'm liking too. Well, it's, it's Harry off. Sullivan is an Imbefeel. <laughs> yes. It definitely feels like the meanest gay bar in town. <laughs> Actually, I did go to a gay bar in Barcelona a bit like this, and the locals kind of looked at me and Rod like, yeah, we're sorry, it's quiet. Yeah. yeah. Was that called, hang on. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look it up. I think I know. Yes, they also said, yes. It, it, it was a leather bar, but it was also a Tuesday. <laughs> Not as bad as the leather bar that Jason and I went to in Paris, where they looked us up and down and hissed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That was just steam escaping. <laughs> it was, it was, it was three days in- after the um, terrorist attacks. But uh, I, I don't look like what, I'm I was driving say, a, what, a what, truck what? into a crowd. No. Were you dressed as Kenneth Williams with the fez? Uh, <laughs> Oriental. Oh. I meant no fez. Now, I should point out with this character, Lila, this predates the film of Thunderball, which gave us yes. a glamorous female villain. Fiona Volpe. A lot of Volpe. A lot of. I'm doing it now, can't you tell? <laughs> now, from this point on, the film actually becomes um, Spectre. Because they're on the train. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I'll point out other various moments. But the, we st- so we start off on the train. And I, I, I love this bit. It's, it's the whole, they know that I know, but we know that they know that I know. <laughs> it's Abbott a double bluff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like an octuple bluff. Kenny is wonderful. And uh, if he were he able to take gorgeous. direction, I would have loved to have seen him as Doctor Who. I think it would have been very interesting. Uh, Even in the 80s when he'd married yeah, a bit. Yeah, really interesting. But just to... Screwed up and too narcissistic and too volatile. But he's yes, thank goodness we never had anyone like that playing Doctor <laughs> Who <laughs> or involved in any of the years. recording <laughs> or script editing or the writing. Oh my lord! <laughs> Just drawing attention to her vagina. <laughs> I'm doing it now. <laughs> this um, this film has some great acronyms in it, doesn't it? It does. So we've we've got um. Stench. The Society for Total Extinction of Non-Conforming Humans. They're now called Australian Conservatives. (laughs) 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 Both Ken and um, Charky are actually just standing at at the station in a... Immobile train, but they both walk like that by this stage of the film. Now, I assume this is actually Ken's own change room. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Though you would never have found a woman in it. (laughs) But I... 
believed when I first saw this, I wasn't kidding when I was a little boy, that she was, in fact, a man. Oh. Yes. So that's why the shot of the, the hips was very telling that you were about to fight. See, Ken just worked it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, is this from Russia with Love, though? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. It's yeah. Daniela Bianchi or Red Grant. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dave Batista. <laughs> she does have very. Oh. She does have quite. <laughs> She Sorry. does have a quite strong grip, doesn't she? Just If you could just bring up Dave Batista every half an hour or something for the rest of the podcast, I'd be super grateful. I'm just waiting for him to be sucked off of the train. <laughs> I've had one glass of wine. That's the chemicals in that brew. So. Yes, that's true. I'm, I'm drinking Pepsi. <gasps> Other oh brands gosh. are available. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> now, now you, you, you've got to do it like this. Like, God, breathe. <laughs> Look out for the truck. Anyway. <laughs> they could, they, these actors give great face, don't they? They do give lovely face, don't they? So yeah, because they're all stage stopped. actors. And- yeah. But you can't see their face. They're like a million miles away on the stage. I mean, it is. Uh, do you think they have to do big face in order to be seen? It's almost, Diana Rigg has talked about it, that it's almost a psychic link. And, of course, it sounds pretentious when you say it off the But there is almost the way that a, a good performer will hold the audience and it is one person with the person on it's stage. Body it is just in physicality. And tone and pitch and, as you say, but there's something about the – even people who can do all of that have been accused of not being able to act. There isn't, there's that fifth element, that quintessential quality of being able to grab the euphemisms and Mm-mm. hurl them about. Mm. As she's oh. as she's doing right. My God, it is a man, <laughs> Basil. That's why he doesn't. That's tiny. why he's not staying. Oh, oh that's fantastic! <laughs> it is Dave Batista all the time. Oh. <laughs> Sucked right off of the train. <laughs> There's a lovely bit of cinematography there where as she looks like Jack Lemmon in. <laughs> Sorry, how dare oh I blow God. you? That's <laughs> I just realised who she is. She's Jack Lemmon in some like. <laughs> <laughs> she really is security. Somebody called security. Sorry, Brendan. What were That's you saying right. about I was just saying when um, when Pullman stepped into the room, there was still smoke, mm. and the smoke suddenly reveals him. And with how fast these are shot and how hard smoke is to control, I don't think it was as deliberate as that. Oh, I don't be so sure. There's the same scene in Thin in Third Man. So true. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I had beans for lunch. <laughs> no one's going to hear that. <laughs> oh, this, every single film has Charles Haltry stripping or answer or trying to get dressed and put all his toggles on. There's, there's something quite libidinous and burlesque in a really – well, this is burlesque, isn't yeah, it, yeah. these films? Well, he's minuscule, though, yeah. isn't he? He's so – there's nothing to him. And he stays minuscule. He's the Sally Fields of the <laughs> entire production. Oh, my goodness. Do you see all of that? Well, they put him so, in these giant clothes, you know, like he's 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 like <laughs> Vincent so, Adult Man. He's got his cocks out. <laughs> Thank you, James. Spectre, we run into the baggage compartment. Mm. Um, 
Suspector is based on this film as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Thank is. you for joining us. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a carry on podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, would you like to hear some of the international yep. titles for oh, this film? Oh, as Absolutely. always. <laughs> Carry on, don't lose your head. <laughs> um, so, in South America, it was called Watch Out for the Spies. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> How did that write? <laughs> Which is quite appropriate. Um, in Europe, it was called Agent Ooh! Exclamation mark. Oh, yes. um, in Hungary, it was called Carry On Espionage. Yeah. <laughs> And in Belgium, it was called Agent Secret OOO against Dr. Crow. (laughs) Yes. Mm. It doesn't work when they try that bit too hard, does it? No. (laughs) What was wrong with Carry On Spying? That never worked. (laughs) Well, I think Carry On Espionage is probably like the literal translation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, yeah, if spying's a noun. How did they possibly do in the European market? I can't (laughs) imagine. Well, I think, you know, slapstick translates. Willie there. He's wearing long johns. How could you? <laughs> well, he doesn't he's have one. Low crotch. He doesn't tuck. There's nothing. Oh, <laughs> he's got legs for days. <laughs> <laughs> he's Naomi Smalls. Um, of course, we should mention with, you know, the idea of Charles Hawtrey being libidinous, he was uh, pulled out of his burning home in later life and said to the fireman, Oi, my cigarettes and my boyfriend are in there. <laughs> in that order. <laughs> he was notorious for cracking onto the biggest hotties on the set. <laughs> he, he, was just, he was just outrageous and completely Filthy. shameless. Filthy, yeah. Mm. And Ken used to push stop that, people. You know, mm. people you can't can't behave like that. He hated it. He, mm. he couldn't stand the lack of repression, the mm. lack of control. Yeah. I love Bernard's suit in this shot. Mm. This is- it's almost as if he's pitching to play the sixth doctor, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little does he know go. what he's going to end up wearing? <laughs> I want to live in the universe where Bernard Cribbins was Doctor Who at some point. I think it would have been. Oh, God, isn't that gorgeous? Is that a little um, Vickers? Yes, it is beautiful. Fireball XL5. <laughs> uh, Cribbins would have made a lovely. Uh, probably around the same time as Tom. I'm glad we had who we had, though. Mm. Oh, look, we're on location. Yes, for and the first so time. This is where they are taken. Off the train into the secret base in the middle of nowhere, as okay. inspector. And uh, wait for it. Who's in the shed mm-hmm. with Peter Cushing? Mm-hmm. It's a toilet. <laughs> it's, Philip, <laughs> it's Philip Maddock. That's right. <laughs> it's fresh from Mo- Moonbase Alfalfa. Yes. And Bernard Cribbins just said, "I don't want to go." Uh, oh see, no! He was the doctor all the time. He was the doctor all the time. <laughs> but truly. You know they're going to be betrayed to the Daleks at any point. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, suddenly, and it's, the it's suddenly it's Enemy of the World Part Five. It really? <laughs> Shouldn't they say Rels on it? <laughs> it does look like the Rels counter. <laughs> and some really shocking Helen Shapiro Buffon hair. What's that bloke doing with the? Oh yeah, just oh, in case you weren't bums. sure. And um, some uh, some of the girlies here have uh, modesty blaze. They do indeed. Who was um, very new and popular at the time. And was played by? Oh, I don't know. Monica Vitti. Monica Vitti, wasn't it? Joanna Lumley in one of the... Gosh, really? Well, the original Mm -hmm. film is Losey and it's Monica Vitti. Mm. Which which one did Lumley play? I think in... No, I think it was in 65-66, actually. And this looks like it's actually just been nicked from Goldfinger. 
And that looks like it's been nicked from. Mm. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Dr. Crow. It is indeed I Joseph. I you to be a man or Joseph, a woman. Joseph. I am both. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Is this is transphobic. Now. Yes, a bit. It yeah. totally is. Well, although it is Joseph first in drag and I've always got time for that. But, but the thing is, <laughs> the, the way she explains it here is that they have actually been bred as contain as having um male and female well, characters. This is what I was thinking. Yeah, she's not trans, she's intersex. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um and, and also That's proud intersex of intersexphobic. Mm. But but the thing is she's she okay, she's not a villain because she's intersex. But she but wants it to doesn't hurt, does it? <laughs> no, that's right. But she so wants, she does. She wants. She wants to make the world like her. Yeah, she wants to wipe out non-conforming humans, humans who do not conform to her future. Uh, it's a little bit topical, world. isn't I'm it? Just yes. waiting for these um these uh, dolly birds to uh, try and wipe out the rills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should like a console like that. Mm. Oh, this scene is fantastic. Oh, here's our Ken Adam. Some is, <laughs> some false perspective. But, side, <laughs> but sideways. And a, and a Dalek egg cup glued up to the... Oh, aren't they pretty? Both <laughs> they definitely look like the Matt Smith fan club, don't they? Just rolled up on set. Even Bernard at his chunkiest is just mm, like a huge... Huge van of ice cream. Oh, no, no, but he's like twice the size of both of them put together, isn't he? <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> I mean, he's not even, you know, he's not even overweight. It's just next to those. Oh, no, I get it. Minuscule. Oh, now, now we've suddenly got a uh, clockwork orange. <laughs> now we're in the reminder room. She's learning about pollution. <laughs> pollution. And now she's going to um, persuade Daniel Craig using the force. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. She really is. out of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see her do serious face. We haven't ever seen this before. And this is our Ip Chris File moment, isn't it? Mm, it really is, although that's still a year away. Oh, okay. But that whole mind control... That weird ass kind of. Oh, we knew all about, about mind it. control. No, it actually came out <laughs> of Korean War, and we knew, and of course, Manchurian Candidate of '63. Right. Uh, oh had, yes, had, of had course. Blown right. all of that up because, of course, it was Angela Lansbury all the time. Well, it always we is. Know. Always is. Still is. <laughs> it still you is. You see Mary Poppins? She's still the villain behind everything. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see. Yeah, I really would. I would have liked to have seen some crossovers, as we say. This is the closest that we get, but we don't really ever get an SF carry-on, do we? No, they were planning to do carry-on Spaceman um, shortly after this, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't happen. Uh, sorry, no, carry-on Spaceman was meant for a carry-on Constable because it was meant to be, again, Kenneth Connor, I want to say, Leslie Phillips, and Ken. Oh, wonderful. Ken Williams. Um, as the three astronauts, and it just oh, can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> so many fart Sent jokes. Into space to start a new race of humans. <laughs> start, start a new race of planets. Exactly. Fae, fae if, they, if they, if if 
Abrams or whoever had simply done his Lost in Space reboot with that cast, it would, I would have <laughs> watched the jugs off it. <laughs> and now this is the torture scene from Spectre, which we're told is really, really dangerous, but does bugger all. That's fantastic. <laughs> I want that hat. Those, I should like a hat like that. <laughs> they're incredibly special practical effects, aren't they? They really are. Now, back to our weird mm. subtitles, the word ma keeps coming. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Th- it's Ken. It's- Yes, he's <laughs> <laughs> got that in stereo. Do this now. <laughs> I think I think it's actually been done. And, and Ken, and, Ken and Charles Auto. presents mm. this should this should scene should be <laughs> <laughs> Malawian. Mm. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> That's superb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's adorable! Oh, that's so wonderful! Oh. And you know what? His and you know what? It still didn't make her hair any taller. <laughs> but they've disintegrated her brain. <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig's really let himself go. Hasn't he? No, this he's actress is. There. Yes, he has. <laughs> this actress is Judith first. Yes, so I'm, Judith I'm first. hoping that she is in fact Joseph first. Just you know. Stretching out his equity card From the alternate female universe I think he's probably having a quiet month I could could do the part (laughs) I I will say that Sort of when I was 18 And the ABC were repeating these films One a a week on Friday nights I thought that was Hattie Jakes uh, who is it, it probably lady, would have been, you know, lady not appearing in this film, Lady <laughs> Counterblast. <laughs> it, it, it seems like it would have been a Hattie Jakes mm. part, yes, had mm. she been available. But yeah. they were still kind of taking it on several levels at once, and you know, they wanted you to be frightened of her. And you know what? She's doing a good job. Yeah, it's that thing about parody in that the people in the parody have to take it seriously. Thank you, mm. and that's why this is watchable. Yes, if it had been a complete farce. I think we would have all got a bit bored. Yeah. Richard, I, I think you will love Spy. Mm. I highly recommend it. Are, Car- are Charles and Kenneth taking it seriously? I would say within their own characters. We've discussed this before, haven't we, on fingering? Yes. But, uh, you, yes, you need to. Tanya Roberts is the, is the one that really breaks the fourth wall, but I think she does it quite nicely. She just plays Tanya Roberts. The, character, yeah. the characters are idiots. Yeah, but they 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 think they're doing a good job. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. They they're incompetence. Was that Pat Gorman? Not taking, <laughs> <laughs> taking the piss out of, yeah. out of out of the drama and the comedy. Yeah. They just watch the way they move, especially Ken and, and Charles. Just the way they walk up. They don't walk. I mean, my God, put a couple of feather dusters in their hands, and the place would be sparkling by the time they get to the end of the corridor. <laughs> is is the incompetence the like? I haven't watched that many Carry On films, but is the incompetence the carry-on shtick. Yes, yes. it is. None of the characters are good at the roles that they've been placed in. Yes. This sort of film. It's just as well that, Brendan, maybe is the point that we... Oh, look, wasn't that um, David... What's his bum from Band from Uncle? Was and David McCallum. Yes, wasn't that him? Steel. Yes, David, yes. Yes, and he did too. It was. I love this set. Steel. <laughs> Oh, it really just needs a, a couple of, 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 what's I going to say? Oh, isn't that gorgeous? No, it really does need a couple of Carolan Fords, doesn't it? Ozoning their way electrically <laughs> up the corridors. 
That's now. That's how I want to sit at work. I want that whole outfit and that desk. I want that console. You know what? I'm tired of a laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I occasionally, I occasionally do that when I'm having a a chat with my team leader. Put on a dress and cross your legs and perch on on his desk. Do you? No one said anything yet. No. No. HR. No one. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, we need to fill 30 seconds, chaps. How are we going to do this? One. Let's run backwards and forwards a bit. Um, continuity error. Oh, he's dropped his thing. Oh, it's a tape. Oh, oh and the tape's gone. Oh, no, he's picked it up. In between takes. Oh, no, no, no. It is still on the floor. That's, that, that's a plot point. But it he wasn't, picked it, wasn't it up. It wasn't on the floor. Oh, it was on the floor, then it wasn't, then it's back on the well, floor. Now it's again. back oh, on the okay. floor. How much of this? Whoops. I hope someone got fired because of that blunder. <laughs> I hope so too. How much of how much of this is owing to Ken Adam, and how much of it to Ray Cusick? Because it really does feel like we're well, back on Skyro. Yeah, those asymmetrical doors, just and the, the, just the, the lines corridors. up of the shots. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know what? I imagine they went, "Oh, okay, yeah, we could do Ken Adam, but that's really big. <laughs> what looks similar." It's like, "Oh, I saw this thing on Doctor Who." Mm. But I mean, it must have been in the air. Like that must have been the, you know. I mean, well, you see it in just, Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. You see it in Man from Uncle. You see it in what else was around this time? Absolutely. This would have this would have been filmed in say March, February, March of nineteen sixty four. Uh huh. The Daleks. The first Dalek story was November, January, nineteen sixty four. So, yeah, easy to see the sort of zeitgeist. That's right. <laughs> ask, a, ask a one girl. Oh, it really is just like you only live twice, isn't yes, it? Yeah, that's it. I'm just waiting for that to take them to Mob Station. <laughs> it's Underworld. It's going to take them to a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> that's gorgeous. That was actual a genuine smile. How delightful. <laughs> We're getting away from them at two kilometers an hour. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't want to run out of corridor. You're going to be killed by a Zamboni. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch? Yeah. Girafilg. Yeah. Yes. Girafilg. I agree. Oh, I think that's a What? I don't know. I don't know who did this. Why, 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 dear Lila? <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. <laughs> Thank you, Dalek. <laughs> so, we would have used the term hermaphrodite in those days. Not for you, Ken, sorry. But if she was the first, I wonder, I wonder if um, Dr. Crow is also self-propagating. Mm. Is that the idea? She buds. She buds. Yeah. yeah. The funny, the funny thing is, like, um, my memory was that they used the word hermaphrodite, but she doesn't actually use that. She no. just says, I have characteristics of, of men and women. <gasps> my God, it's like George Lucas had seen this and destroyed <laughs> our entire childhoods. <laughs> Did you notice that those rocks were pre-cut? They were indeed. <laughs> this was genuine cold water, and it was on a freezing day of shooting, and... Ken said, my ankles were absolutely right. I don't know why it was all about his ankles. It, did, um, but he had to do that three times. Yeah. And he did was, it, oh, yes, there we go. Oh, Babs is definitely <laughs> doing the effort there. Is that a stand-up of Dr. No, where he goes yes, through all so. of those sort of tunnels and gets burned and mm. boiled and stuff? <laughs> 
Did you notice what the um the British Secret Service was called? Dosh, isn't it? Uh, the British Operational Security Headquarters. Oh, Bosch. 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 <laughs> it's it's a good thing they got off that conveyor belt because some um, Lucy and Ethel were waiting to eat them at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, how are they doing that? That's so bizarre. I mean, and this is um, this is Chaplin's modern times. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. She's got the entire globe of the world pinned to a collar. Now, they really did have to do this thing here, and this is where Ken said he was about to walk off set, but he couldn't get out of the rig <laughs> <laughs> to storm off. This sort off, of comedy he... is timeless. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Especially because something's going to happen to Ken here that um, that he struggled with all his life. Being straight in the face. One of the other acronyms in this film is the Society for the Monopoly oh, wait, 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 of Universal no. Technology. Oh, smut. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I thought you were going to say, well, we're not up to yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll get there. Okay. Oh, I spoiled I, I anyway. went. Uh, yes, he spoiled it at the very beginning of the podcast. <laughs> It's what we do. With a subtitle update, they're constantly doing Doda in place of Doctor. Yes. Who I can only imagine is some hellish Doctor Who Dodo hybrid mm. um, who can't decide what accent they're using um, and just disappears halfway through a story. Uh, so why has she turned good without uh, Sean Connery having sex with her? It makes no sense, does it? No. Well, because she fancies Kenneth Winkler. <laughs> well, but how is she going to change her mind without the power of his penis? Yes. <laughs> well, I think she, that's on all of our lips, isn't it? <laughs> she found a way. <laughs> oh, just in time. And she we found a way to avoid it. Reversing the film. Reversing the film. <laughs> just quickly reverse the film. But it's still, it's just still so joyous and delightful. It's fantastic. <laughs> really does. Although that is a new shot. Yeah, they so they, they haven't just reversed the yeah. cutting. No. And there you go. That's this, however. <laughs> oh, but they're just making fun of themselves. Yep. <laughs> so she literally is reversing the film. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's reversing the tape. Their, their pants fall up. <laughs> uh, and they go through the machine that makes Pat Troughton look sort of sensible again. Yeah, but it's in co- it's going to be in colour and widescreen, so it's not. <laughs> you can't you can't hear Ken shouting to the director, and I'm quoting verboten here. Uh, he said, "He said I've scraped my ankles crawling down this filthy tunnel, and you've hung us upside down on some girders with the blood rushed to our heads." He said, the pain's too intense and Charles Hawtrey's collapsed. It's an absolute disgrace. (laughs) (laughs) But they all just laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Ken. But they really do look like they're having a rotten time. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't think 4,000 quid is that bad for 1964 when the average wage was... What, 30 quid a week? I don't know, but it can't have been that much. 20-something quid a week, depending on your job. Mm. I, th- I think Carol Ann Ford got 100 quid a week for Doctor Who. I may be wrong. But that was because that? That of rat tax as yeah. well, wasn't it? Um, 
Yeah, and she, <laughs> she was oh, the lowest paid. You're missing. You're missing a plot point here. Oh yes. Yeah, so they, now they're going to blow up the base. Just oh, like they're going to blow up those ladies. And that one man. And that one man. <laughs> Oddly, the clothes look nice again. That's hilarious. That's charming. <laughs> no, well, they reverse the film. I really want a chignon like that. I want to have my demeanor like that too. I'm not quite on your side. And what oh. she got, what are earrings? They look a bit like cranky Pokemon. What are, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're, they're from earlier. That's no, it's um, it's it's Omega's mask yes. from <laughs> from the three doctors. Society for the neutralization of germs. Uh, <laughs> uh, you find you're haunted by all their teeth. You have to keep yes, watching. It's the great book of British smiles. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jim Dale does despondence so well. Oh, he no, does he hang, so dog. hang dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does. Where's what that the, knocking coming knocking? from? <laughs> What's that mysterious ticking noise? And this is where we get since we've done the other Bond films, <laughs> Casino Royale '67. Yes, this yes. is exactly the end. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> this is so silly. Well, <laughs> yeah, Casino Royale '67. I'm just going to say a bomb going off underneath the British Secret Service headquarters is also the end of Spectre. Oh. Golly, golly, gosh! <laughs> what do you think? It's just the kind of thing. <laughs> 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 it's so silly. Hannibal, oh, and they but, all get blowed up. But it's it's foreshadowing the very uh, in the very first few minutes of this of the movie where they're on the same exchange. Oh, oh brilliant! Yes, yes. Oh, yes. I hadn't yes. picked up on that. Well, so I'm assuming they're all dead now. Is that right? It's they've been blowed up. Well, well. Bernard Cribbins was still groping Barbara Windsor, so they survived. Okay, yes, they survived. Okay, yeah. good. Good. They're just going to be a bit smoky. Oh, all right. Well, that's us done, I think. Um, this is the audience, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have closing statements, perhaps? Um, I would say, and you may have already watched it alone by now, but watch this film with friends because I watched it this afternoon and just kind of went, eh. and then I watched it with you guys and I've had a fantastic time. That's actually what the, the critic of the Sunday Times said when this came out, when he said, this is pure burlesque and it only works in a crowd, but it is so much better than how you would assume and more than the sum of its parts. And he loved it. Mm. And they were mm. tough critics. I think it's superb. I think maybe because I'm a huge Carry On film fan, I've watched every single one at least twice. I sat, I hadn't watched this for about 20 years, but I sat there when I was watching this for the podcast and I was laughing out loud mm, on my own. <laughs> I, uh, maybe because I knew where it was going. Mm, but, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's much more fun in, in a um, in a room with your friends, yes. isn't it? Half cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did see quite a lot of Bernard Cribbins, didn't we? <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't get to it. It's but a horrible accident. Yes, mm. It was the 60s. <laughs> was, how does cleaning work? <laughs> it's pos- I might say it's the greatest film of all time, but it certainly nods, <laughs> nods to some of the greatest films of all time, and I don't think it holds its own too poorly. No, no, it's very good. Brilliant. 
All right. Well, we might wind it up there. We might with just subtle teasers of what's coming up next because it could well be the third man or it could well, could be, well be Spy or Carry On Cleopatra. Who, we have literally no idea at this the point. The Prisoner, that thing Arrival, Neil, it that, could be. <laughs> that thing Neil Connery did in Italy with Lois Maxwell. But if you have any suggestions, <laughs> feel tweet us. Yeah, yes. yeah. So tweet us at, at Bonfinger. So... Are we at Bondfingercast on Twitter? Yes. At Bondfingercast. Someone else has got Bondfinger. I can't imagine what they're doing with it. I think that guy's handle is Bondfinger69. <laughs> so I think, I think he's just a bit... Yeah, he sounds like a men's rights activist. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So uh, keep an eye out on the uh, Bondfinger feed. Uh, we have... This is our first one in like... What, three Three years. months. Yeah, so... <laughs> it was a very long time. It was a very long time. Um, but we do plan to continue doing this. And if you do have any suggestions, really, uh, tweet us at, at, at Bonfigurcast on Twitter. Uh, on the... It, whoa, it's been a long time. In the meantime, <laughs> yeah. um, you can check us out at Flight Through Entirety for all of your Doctor Who needs. We are... On a little bit of a break between Series 1 and Series 2, but we will be returning in a very few weeks uh, with Series 2 of Doctor Who. Uh, so you can find us on flightthroughentirety.com, uh, Flight Through Entirety on Facebook and Apple Podcasts and at, at FTE Podcast on Twitter. Um, I don't have an until next time. Until next time, you know, may you always remember to plan a... Until next timeline at the end of your next That's podcast. Right. Keep your feathers firm Keep and your <laughs> gauzy trousers together. Absolutely. Yeah. Wise words from Richard. Uh, <laughs> and, and your pistol <laughs> up. up yes. Bent, in an bent up and to the side. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't like it up. Em. No, they don't. <laughs> oh. Infamy, right. infamy. They've all got it in for me. And uh, with that, thank you very much for listening and good night. Good night. We're doing Spice World at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Oh, James. James. (laughs) It's got Roger Moore in it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to. So did Dorothy Squires. Good night. (laughs) 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 I'm not editing that either. (laughs) It's all right. They're both dead. (laughs) Oh, God. Silla. <laughs> Look, I resisted the urge of the film to go dead, 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 dead. <laughs> he got and that one right in at the back door. Tag. <laughs>